Hey, this is Lisa Phillips, best-selling author of the book, Investing in Rental Properties for Beginner. Had a lovely time with DMRF today. We went into deep things like, you know, how do we get out of things, recognizing when your spirit really wants you to get out of a situation or not, and how to take some of that conversation with spirit and like find your path. For me, it was passive income. And we also went into the nuances and differences of how I navigate low income and um neighborhoods for cash flow and profit all the way to you know um, why I made a black vegan recipe playlist on YouTube and what that means for me and being a parent and all that and so we got in deep on those those issues that we're all going to face we got real and I mean that's what we're here to do just be real with each other because it's when we're fake we don't get the healing when we're open and honest we do and everyone can see that light, and all of our light can shine together as we heal together. So thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I really loved it. Yo, what's going on? It's DJ Brainstorm. Yo, Black Pop, come on this thing. This has been Joy. This is Gabby. This is Talk It All. Yo, what's good? It's your boy Q from Chopping Over Q and the Critical Dub Network, and you are tuned in to the it's that time ladies and gentlemen you are tuning in to the flagrant two with the big homie demer for i literally and i mean literally always got something to say verbally or even non-verbally y'all ready i know i'm ready let's do it i have author Speaker, business coach, inspiring others to fulfill their true calling through passive income. Parent, can I say somebody that's going to keep it real? It's a good and a bad linking up with this person at this particular time in my journey. But world, help me welcome Miss Lisa Phillips. Welcome to the Flagrant 2. Wow, what a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much for having me. I am happy to be here. No problem, no problem, no problem. So I I, I got to kind of let the world in on uh, some of the shows that I was able to hear you on before. Uh, you linked up with me, uh, one, Minding My Black Business. Uh, yeah. Dope, dope, dope show, as well as uh, Hustle, or yeah, Hustle for H for Hustle. Yep, love it. And yep. two dope podcasts. Please check it out, Miss Phillips. <laughs> great, great, great story. Great energy, and just those are some of the characteristics that I enjoyed about her. To where I was like, "Yo, I gotta get her on the flagrant too. I gotta get her to tell her story." Okay, good. I just heard I can be as real and as honest as I like to be. That's what I just heard. So we're gonna have some fun today. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, one thing, uh, it's an open platform. Rant, rave, good, bad, and differ. Uh, only thing I ask, just don't cuss me out because I'm doing my best to be a good host. But <laughs> easy to do. <laughs> so, Miss Phillips, just for the, for the first time, listeners, just kind of let the world know just more uh, a little more about yourself in more detail before we really get started. Oh, great, great. Um, just shout out to two other black podcasters who invited me on the show. Um, Journey to Launch and also the Winning Brand Podcast. All great, wonderful black entrepreneurs. And I always like to promote that um, as an entrepreneur myself. So my name is Lisa Phillips. Uh, I'll give you a short version of this. 
uh, grew up in Las Vegas, one out of seven kids, went to, um, went to school, got an engineering degree, decided that that was a little too stiff for me. Like I liked the degree and I liked what the degree taught me, but when I actually did all the internships, it was very stead, very corporate. Um, did not go that route, but jumped into consulting with um, like IBM um, after college with that degree. And that was really good as far as an experience, but there was a reality I had to come to terms with over the next about five years in corporate America after college was that I just don't fit in. I don't want to fit in. I don't like to fit in. And uh, I like money, but, mm -hmm. but um, what I had to do and change about myself to fit in was one thing, A, I didn't want to do it. And even then it still wouldn't be, in my mind, it still wouldn't be good enough to get me up into the upper levels. I still wouldn't be part of that crew who was determining who got the raises and who got promoted. And I just saw it. And I was like, it's just not going to be me. I'm a black girl um, from low income background, which I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Other people may not be. Uh, and it just was really obvious in corporate America. It was the path we were given to get money. And you do make money. But like, let's be real. I made 38% less than my white male counterpart. All mm -hmm. right. That's something to be aware of. They're in the hundreds. I'm in the 80s. I'm like, okay, we're doing the same job. Okay. Um, and two, just never feeling or trusting in the process that I would ever be promoted. I see other people do it, and I'm like, look at those skills. They just mm -hmm. navigate the corporate politics and the brown nosing. And the, man, I'm like, I admire them because it's just I cannot do it. But I will say to all those people out there who can't, like, recognize that you can't. Because the reality is my soul was putting me in these situations. So I got the clear message about five years in, not 10, not 15. You need to do your own thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. You want money? You want to be broke? No, I don't want to be broke. Hire yourself. Okay. Well, you know, you don't fit in here. No, I really don't fit in here, my <laughs> spirit. Okay. Well, let's start looking into ways we can make money. And, it, and you found out, you know, that was a skill set. Being an entrepreneur hiring people outsourcing building a business that is in my wheelhouse okay being a leader being a, like having a vision of wanting something and then putting the steps into place to manifest it that is what i'm good at so so it all just really boils down to like that world isn't for me i didn't like how i had to change and even then i couldn't change enough i thought to really be as successful as i wanted to be and then starting to look for alternatives and you said something that was interesting on one of the shows. You were saying that if you know you think outside the box and, and you creator and you are creative and, mm -hmm. and you have a vision, it's meant for you to be an entrepreneur. It's not meant for you to be stuck in the corporate America. And yes, when you said that, I was like, wow. Because the reality is not all of us have vision, yep. right? Yep. And that's not bad. We're not all supposed to. But if you do, you're not honoring yourself and your commitment to what you came down here on this earth to do if you're not following that. If you're just tamping that vision down because you're like, oh, it could never be me. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're, yeah. you came here to make that impact. Only you are going to see the things you see. Like, only I see the things I see, right? Like, yep. that vision of what I want this world to be. But we're supposed to implement that plan. That's what we're here for. Yes. You, can't tell, me that, you can't tell me that we're not. All this other stuff is a distraction. And I agree. I agree. And, and also, when you was going back and forth with your spirit, you want to make money? You want to be broke? And you're going back and forth. And as an right. entrepreneur, <laughs> that's, that's huge. That, I mean, that's key. And that's what I was kind of telling you. 
<laughs> I mean, it wasn't that succeed. It was just over time. I was like, well, I do want money, but I don't want it this way. Okay, okay. Yep. What's next? Yep. But like, have that conversation and then go. What's next? If you come, if you're honest with yourself, your realization will spur your next movement. Well, I hope you guys are listening, and for those who rock with me. Avid listeners, what up for the first time listeners? Thank you for tuning in. It's really important, and that's one thing that I really respect about Lisa. And we're going to talk about more depth about making money and ways of making money. Mm-hmm. One thing that you even said, hey, I've been laid off a few times. Yeah. I foreclosed on my house, but yep. you're still here standing. Right. You got to talk. You got to talk about that. Like, because most people. Don't even get to the point to where you are now to where you can, you know, bounce back. For So for that one listener that's been through hell and, and been, you know, just hit rock bottom, like, can you just encourage them for, you know, for a few minutes? Well, I will have to say I keep coming down to one of my favorite lines by Maya Angelou. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Mm. People... Keep that in your repertoire because they will try you, okay? Uh, but we're not the first and we're not going to be the last. Mm-hmm. Um, so to so you just the people who are going through these things, you want me to just address from my viewpoint what I can say to people who are going through these down moments mm-hmm. just don't see a way out. Okay. Oh God, I say there I have such confidence that. If you look inside yourself and stop being in denial and stop being true to what you really want, you will get to where you need to be, even during the downtime. I find that people, like even myself, when you're in the downtime, there's some level of you chasing something that's not really resonant with who you really are, what you really want to do. Maybe it was programmed into you. Maybe you were influenced into doing something. Maybe you were told and have something stuck in your head about how this should be. But when you're really stuck, there's some level of you trying to accomplish this when you really want to accomplish something 180 degrees different. Mm -hmm. And in those downtime, I want you to pray, but I also want you to look inside yourself and get honest. What are you, who are you with that you shouldn't be with? That you want to leave. <laughs> what city do you live in that you're staying there because of family, but it doesn't give you the resources or the tools or the ladder to success to accomplish the goals you want? Mm. Right? Um, you know, where are you at in maybe a work environment that you're keeping because you're scared of not having a job, right? Mm-hmm. But they treat you bad and they, and they try to stomp you in the dirt, but you need to make money. But look inside yourself and go all right how much am i willing to take and how much abuse will i will am i willing to put up with because i need a quote unquote need to make money and then the way the reason i'm saying that is because if you really get honest with yourself at those moments Mm -hmm. and it's not going to be easy because there's a lot of things that got you that down and that far into that hole Right. right but if you start there everything will start aligning with you getting out but if you don't admit it if you don't take the time to deduce it, if you don't take the time to examine why there's so much conflict in you, which generally comes down to you doing the exact opposite of what you really, truly want and need to do in life. I mean, acknowledge it and go from there. So that's where I say go inward and be real and hey. throw away the programming. Throw yep. it away. Yeah. Throw away the programming. Throw it away. As they say now, Kobe, just, just get it out the way. Get it out the way. And that's yes. what led you 
to go to that next level when you was like after being knocked down knocked down you was like you know what forget it continue with that (laughs) let me try i got i gotta have my own freedom and not just that I am the biggest advocate of passive income. So there's things I do actively to make money. Like I actively get clients. I actively do it. But I'm always like, hmm, like every four to six months, I kid you not. I'm like, all right, I'm done with the last passive income thing. What's the next Mm. that I can put my efforts into on the side to build? Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I've been doing that in some way, shape or form. It started with real estate investing, but then it was a book and now it's an audio book. I just spent four months making an audio book, right? And I'm literally uploading it to Audible and all the other distributors today. Nice. So, you know, and so that's going to go and I'm going to launch it. And then there, I'm going to get a down period where I just sort of coast and sort of help that along. But then in about a few more months, I'm, I already have a list of things of another passive income stream. I would like to spend my extra time to build. So I'm a really big fan of that because passive income is the best. Not only are you still giving value because you put your, your, your time, effort and commitment into creating something valuable. But we really, I would love everyone to start focused on the passive aspect of things. Passive income. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that goes back to your book. Investing mm-hmm. in real rental properties for beginners. Yes, sir. Talk yes. about it. Okay. Now, the book, now we're going to go in a different direction. So, the book came about because after foreclosure and being laid off, I had a little bit of money in my 401k, mm-hmm. maybe about $18,000. So, a lot of us have been there. You don't have like a ton in your 401k, but you have some because you've been saving up for five years or so and your company's been matching you. Um, and at that point, I had, um, before I lost my job, I purchased a condo to live in that was $35,000. Right. Mm-hmm. So the mortgage on it was like three hundred and fifty dollars a month. Just, just cheap. Mm-hmm. I didn't know these houses existed in this price range because I came from Las Vegas, the mm-hmm. West Coast. That just does. Yeah. We had. <laughs> yeah. Just, that just we didn't, I didn't know the Midwest existed, really, like what that meant. Yeah. Um, so I found out that in the South and the Midwest and in other places, these houses do exist. And, you know, despite what someone might think, they're not gutted. They're not burnt down shells. Sometimes they are, but they're in perfectly fine neighborhoods. It's just the demographic is different across the country. Um, So um, I was like, okay, so I just lost my job. But being in such a low cost house, I was able to get a roommate and her $650 a month covered my bills and all my utilities and the cable. Mm. And I was so comfortable. So like being fired that many times. Being out of work, but being comfortable because you have a low-priced house, and because the house the price is so low, you don't have to make a ton of money to like survive. Mm-hmm. Was just my real fundamental like re like just the reality of just because I have a house, I can rent a room. I make money because I own an asset. Mm-hmm. Because the house is cheap, I can actually afford it. And even if like the rent's only six hundred and fifty bucks, I'm still positive. Like right. it's money in my pocket. And it was this visceral, visceral response inside that was like, this is it. I don't need to buy a $200,000 house. I'll just buy more $30,000 ones. And so I, when I got a job in D.C. about six months after being laid off in Ohio. And um, I was like, let's do this again. So that's when I had the 18K and my 401K. And I was like, let's do this again. And then I found a house for $13,000 in Baltimore in a nice neighborhood. And I fixed it up. The neighborhood was one where it's working class. Um a lot of people forget what that means. Mm-hmm. If I had to describe what it looks like, um, you know, a lot more American cars than foreign cars. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
You know, that's like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People are in uniforms generally versus out of uniform right. form. So there's a, it's a look and feel that I grew up with. My dad was a garbage man, but my mom was like a technician in the lab at the, you know, at the hospital. Okay. Right. So like, you know, I grew up like that. You know, everyone had, you know, it's a, you live in a neighborhood where everyone has many, many kids, not one or two, but like five, six or seven. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so those are very diverse. So generally I found that a lot of the neighborhoods were minority neighborhoods, black or Hispanic. And so it's just something to know. And so I was like, okay, I'm black. I'm cool. So that, <laughs> the reason I mentioned that is because when I went on the major websites, the the person who was giving all the real estate investigative advice was usually white, male, and very affluent. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so they would literally say they have articles about what I was doing, telling people not to do it because I called it sub 30K investing. They literally have articles saying, don't invest in sub 30K houses. I would never, those people, these tenants, horrible things. And and I mentioned this because, I mean, the people we went to to look at, okay, I'm looking to get into real estate investing, and they would tell us not to even look at these neighborhoods. And me coming from this neighborhood going, I, there's a bit of a disconnect because my neighborhood was lit. It was mm-hmm. great, safe, no one stole anything. You knew everybody borrow tons of bread and sugar and butter and stuff from your neighbor and vice versa like it was a wonderful close-knit community so i knew when this blanket statements were happening and there was all this pushback it was by people who simply don't have the capacity or or or, you know what i mean or 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 experience to understand Mm -hmm. that not every low-income neighborhood is bad infested with crime and has horrible people in it like their experiences may have been right uh and FYI, I just want to say the energy you put out is the energy you get. So if yes. you go into the neighborhood and you think everyone is, ugh, this and that, and that, well, guess what you get? Yep. When I went into those same neighborhoods, I was like, no, I'm no, I'm no, I'm going to find a, a good family, you know, with working income, who have kids, who will keep this place up just like me. Guess what I get? Guess what I get every single time, right? There so the is. energy you put into the world is what you get right back. So I look at them and I'm like, well, of course you didn't do really well. You don't understand it on a demographic level or a cultural level, and your assumptions going in is negative. The way that you fix a house up versus the way I fix a house up, because I came from a neighborhood like this, is mm. different. I'm not doing the minimum. You know, I'm not upgrading it. You're not going to get counter countertops, but I might put epoxy on it for 200 bucks. Right. Right? You know what I mean? So you see that difference? So all, all of a sudden, I'm still making an investment, but it's a low-cost budget investment that still brings up the look and feel of the property versus like leaving the same old countertops from 1952, right? So the energy you put, I'm not saying you have to spend a lot of money. You have to be very strategic about it, but the energy you put into it thinking, do they deserve a nice looking countertop? Yeah. I mean, like, of course they'll appreciate this $150 epoxy. Mm-hmm. I, of course, like my mom would. Mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily have that depth. So their experiences weren't that good. So maybe they shouldn't be going into those properties or at least not until they read my book, all right? Yeah, so, and is. I'm talking about these nuances because um, I started going, hey guys, you're missing out. What's going on? Uh, they are missing all these neighborhoods. I bought a house for 13000 here. It makes 975 bucks a month. $25,000 in Richmond. I, you know, I still got these properties. Mm-hmm. Bought one in Ohio for thirty five. What are you doing? And so, I, and the book, I really go into how to do it. And so the book was written in 2018, but I started talking about this in 2013. Gotcha. And it just grew because 80% of the investors out there are like me, not like the affluent investors who were telling us how to quote unquote invest. Mm-hmm. 
we didn't necessarily have the means to be able to raise half a million dollar amongst our friends. My friends are cool. They got money, but they don't got money for me. We don't have to raise so well. All right? They got like 5000 in the bank. That's a lot of money where we come from. Yeah, yeah. As they have like parents that can give them 100000 80000 50000 $40,000 loans. Right? And so if they're coming from that mindset, they really couldn't give me what I needed. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I like to tell people it wasn't their job to. They don't have the capacity. Me growing up the way I did, knowing what I do, we need to look at ourselves for solutions because we're going to have the stories that resonate with each other. Yeah. And I like to say my investing is like for the 99% of us who are just normal people we work we save maybe you have ten thousand dollars in the bank which is where i like people to start mm-hmm. right there's a lot of people who have that in their 401k in the bank well we can start versus what they were saying was like oh you know i would never walk in this neighborhood but this four hundred thousand dollar house in atlanta is great and it's like i can't start that high mm-hmm. not my first investment that's not even reasonable eighty thousand dollars down like no it took me to get that <laughs> For one house, whereas for that amount of money, I could buy a duplex for fifty thousand and a single family for thirty. Do you see what I mean? Like it's nice oh, yeah. different. So, what I'm saying, like what they say, only makes sense if you understand they will do anything and pay anything not to go into a low income minority neighborhood. And so that's the only reason that makes a lot of sense for the average person who are looking for passive income. I'd rather just buy a few ten, twenty, you know, thirty thousand dollar houses. And have twenty seven hundred a month in income coming in, um, than than that. Do you know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. and then, then you're starting to get to the underlying stuff of what's not being spoken about. In the book, I go into detail on all those, but also how to navigate the process of mitigating any of your concerns and just step by step investing in these neighborhoods. Make sure world you check it out. How how can they get the book? Yes, a couple ways. So you can go to Amazon. You can simply Google investing in rental properties for beginners. um, And I'll show right up. So you can get it there. I am launching my Audible version. So that'll be up in the next day or two. Most likely by the time this launches. So for I'm with you. If you can't just sit down and read a book, but you can listen to one while you're doing other stuff. Mm -hmm. I just created the audio book narrated by myself. FYI, it takes a lot of effort to narrate. (laughs) three and a half hours and then narrate it again and then fix it all and then edit it and then listen to the and i think i've listened to it like eight times mm. like fix it and go you know you just want to go over it again catch things fix go over it again catch things fix but um we went through that work because you know you gotta put in work if you want something mm-hmm. and so that'll be available on amazon um also if you go to my website i'll also have links if you don't want to buy it off of audible i'll link the other places you can get it and if you just want a free paperback copy of the book, you can go to my website, affordablerealestateinvestments.com, and just click on free book. And I offer the free paperback. It's free. You just pay shipping and handling. And you also get a 30-day trial to my monthly membership and training modules. Just to give it a shot. You can cancel at any time. So that just depends. You can get straight from Amazon or get one of my little deals if you want to get a little bit more information about getting started in this in a very practical way. Well, make sure you support Miss Lisa, make sure you check it out. And for someone like me, and you said how important it is to have a mindset when you go into certain areas and be strategic. Yes. That is important because a lot of us coming up, if we see, or first if we have the money, oh, we got it, we good. 
it's, you still got to be smart and strategic on how you go about the plan. So what you doing, most of us need to do that instead of, oh, I got the, like you said, 400K. Let me, instead of going to the, you know, the, the lower income, let me go where the big dog's at and, you know, start. No, not start out. <laughs> yeah, like, and you can, right? You can, but don't you think it's good to get the fundamentals down first exactly. and pull up your assets at an affordable rate for a few years and then jump? But by it that is. time. You have, honestly, this is the transgression between myself and the, and the people I've taught over the last 10 years. You start off with one house, then it's six, then it's seven, then it's multifamilies. But now you can sell a house or two you may have bought three or four years ago, mm-hmm. raise eighty dollars to $100,000, so you can put down on a six, seven unit. Mm-hmm. And this is just letting time and little, little, little big assets, little assets built up to a lot. You'll look back and you'll, and, and I like to say this is the first time I sold one of my properties I purchased for 13, you know what I mean? And I sold it for 55. And it was like the first time in my life I had like $55,000 in my bank. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that was just over six years because I'd purchased, it was one of the first properties I purchased. But like, I just looked up one day and I was able to sell because I was just going through the motions. And I had that. And for other people, they're like, I have that on a Wednesday. My mom can loan me that. Mm-hmm. Not in my neighborhood, not in my community, not in my background. So that was really big seeing that that 13k investment yielded that mm-hmm. or you know when your primary if you purchase your primary under value or like an investor i sold my primary residence for you know we bought it for 175 we sold for 300 nice. right like it's the first time because i we have these skill set that our investment purchases and even our primary purchases we're working double time and us just sitting and living you can wake up five years later and have substantial sums to do even more with. And to me, that was like, wow, this this is, I think this is an amazing gift to yourself, mm-hmm. let alone what it can do to your family unit. Money doubled and even tripled on certain uh, five sales. Five, six mm-hmm. years, yep. All my properties. Uh-huh. Five, six years. Patience. I want to say it again. Patience for the entrepreneurs. Patience when you have that vision. Lisa just told you six years before she was able to really, you know, get the dividends that she's put the hard work and effort. Also, when she went into that low income property, instead of just, ah, let me leave it like it is, she spent a couple of hundred bucks just to give it that extra look to where it would feel like she put some thought, that she put some type of, you know, care into, you know, something that she eventually is going to have her name attached to before you ultimately buy. So the small details goes a long way as well. And and just one more point, I was actually cash flowing really well. So when I sold for fifty five, I paid it off like three years earlier. Nice. Um. So for three years, I just got nine hundred a month. I mean, it was pure profit. It was on time every month. (laughs) So it was making me money. It was making me. It was bringing me literal cash that I saved or used to for future investments. Um. And then by the time I sold it, it had also gained equity. So it was dual. I mean, it was making money for me at the time. And that's mm-hmm. what I teach people. We want it cash flowing four or five, six, seven hundred dollars out the gate because it is so low. And, you know, if you're strategic and, you know, I teach you how to do this, like recognizing which markets will yield that higher income. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but the appreciation is also a bonus, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to sell. I could have tapped into the equity. But I don't know. Baltimore was getting on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> so. I did a whole video on it. It's on my YouTube. There you and go. Like, why well, don't like Baltimore? It just got on my nerves. <laughs> Sometimes I do. I work so hard to make sure I am an upstanding like rental property owner, and I give 
and I'm not shortchanging people, but the city was just so like, ah, so used to slum lords. You just get lumped in, and they were just they're a little ruth, they're ruthless, right? Mm. Um, so that's a whole other segment, and that's when you start <laughs> getting into the nuance of how every market's different and how to recognize the differences in each market. With the differences, do you have a team along with you when it comes to how you come up with your master plan or strategically uh, looking for new locations and properties? Yeah, so um, some are more important than the others. Okay. Um, so, um, so there's three different groups. One is your realtor. Um, two is your property management group if you're not going to manage it day to day, which I don't recommend unless you're willing to take the time to learn the laws of your county or jurisdiction. If you're not, get a property manager because they have no time for you. Um, And three, the um, handyman, your repair and your construction um, general contracting team. Okay. So when it comes to me and investing in this price range, I was living in D.C. and I work with people from New York, California, Texas, Atlanta. So we're always investing long distance. It could be an hour away, two hour away or or a plane right away. Mm -hmm. Wherever you are, we sort of look at where you are and we find the most viable market for what your budget is and what you're looking for. Um, And um, so for us being long distance, you know, you think realtor and construction, but that comes last. That's what most people don't know. Mm. If you're building a business that's long distance, property management's going to be first. So we find some good properties in rural areas that would cash flow and bring in the money. And I'm like, there's no property management companies here. So do you want to manage this yourself or no? Me, I don't. I truly love passive income. They let me know when something goes wrong. I make executive decisions, but that's mm. all by email. Uh, I was on vacation. She emailed me. She fixed something that a heater broke for 250 bucks. I was like, cool, and I stayed on vacation. That's all I want to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'm so glad you handled that, boss. Um, so what kind of investment do you want? Now, I'm a rental property owner because I'm not a landlord. I was in a landlord Facebook group, and I was like, I don't do all this crap. Let me get out of here. <laughs> does that. I give her 10%. Sometimes it's 8 or 7% of my rent so she can handle this. Mm-hmm. I'm cool. Um, so just decide which one do you want to be. And some people want to be a landlord. They want to get their hands dirty and learn. And I'm like, just choose because that determines where we ultimately invest. Then you can get those little one-off rural ones or whatever where, you know, maybe it's a smaller town and they don't have any property managers and you'll have to do it. That's fine. You can get some of those deals because you are willing to put that extra work into it. But if you truly want passive passive income, if we look at a place and it doesn't have enough property management that go into your neighborhoods, that you want to invest in because some are like I only go to Summerlin or the high end areas mm-hmm. right you have to find out that go in that neighborhood then we can choose it as a viable market so you see the difference oh yeah um, we have to prioritize it based on where you are where you have to invest and what kind of um, um, investor you want to be hands on or hands off and most people when you don't know when you're new you don't take that into account I mean I tell people my methods they're like oh that's common sense it's like you wouldn't have done that like <laughs> You just wouldn't have known it. You don't know it until you do it, right. and then you find out. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, like, a nuance I have, because I've been doing this for eight years, and I've been helping people build portfolios, if it doesn't have at least four property management companies in that city, you're, we're not doing it mm-hmm. if you want to be hands-off. Because I have a property, I'm on my third property management company in eight years. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, well, it's, it's just a reminder that they're not all great. Mm-hmm. You need options. 
Yeah. You don't know how it's going to be until you get in with them. And it's and, and, and other businesses, things are like, you do this, you do this. Real estate investing is one of those things where people say they're going to do this. And you sort of have to get involved with them to find out if they're true to their word. And because it's so soft and back and forth and you don't have that firmness, you really have to build your skills up, which is what I teach people on how to structure it so that even if they don't hold it up, you're not stuck because you already accounted for that lack or possibility of that lack. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So that's where it becomes, it goes from scary to quite doable because mm -hmm. you know where those soft spots are and how to mitigate your risk or be, or be able to have a plan B, C, or D. That's powerful. Well, I hope you are taking the opportunity to, if you don't have a pen and paper, go back and play this or write down some notes but one of the other things coming up hey man I, i'm gonna be in real estate i'm gonna be the landlord yeah you say that now until you get into it you be like you know what yeah i'm gonna have somebody yeah do this to your point you know a property manager someone that can yeah. you know build and, and, and just kind of fix the you know things that needs to be fixed a lot of people don't take that into consideration from no. when i was coming up into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a new day and age. And so now, uh, you know, a $5 Amazon book can show you that. And, mm -hmm. and I like to say this because I launched my book two years ago. It's on three bestsellers lists, women in business, real estate investments, and buying and selling homes. Nice. I was really proud of that. I did not expect that. I just thought the people who find me on YouTube would buy the book, but it's, but the reality is when I'm on Amazon, people see it and a lot of people are like, what you're trying to teach is what I need. Mm. So I'm, I'm just really proud that my book and impact is bigger than I thought it would be. Do you know what I mean? Like you look up, you didn't expect it. You're like, oh, y'all listening to me? Cool. Here's what we're going to do next. Because I, I got book number two. I got book number three. All yeah. right. Y'all listening? Yeah. So, um, so um, you know, some people will scour the internet for hours. And so I find it different, the people I find who buy my $5 book or read it for free on Kindle, okay, versus the people who scour the internet for hours. Like, go to the internet, but I also notice there's, like, a definite focus mm -hmm. and lack of paralysis on the people who get the books versus the people who are trying to piece together all these things from the internet. And I'm like, me and this guy, like, you can't compare it, like, on mm -hmm. the internet. And so it's just understand that sometimes I feel personally a book is going to be the easiest, faster way for you to get knowledge without getting bogged down with a thousand million views about the same thing. Because if you read around one subject and get 20 different responses that are different, how does that help you? And I find the book is like context. So people are like, I don't know where to start. Get a free book. Get a, get a $5 book, get a $10, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm telling people, I've noticed that there is a market difference in success when people start there. But you said earlier, though, Lisa, you need options, right? You need mm -hmm. options. That's mm -hmm. in business. That's in a lot of things because strategically you have to make a decision based on, I'm sure, different variables such as time, yeah. money, just, you know, yep. other variables yep. that you definitely need to Where do you live? Yep. Are, are you comfortable traveling by yourself? Yep. Right? Yep. Because if I work with like a 29 year old male, it's different than when I work with a 65 year old woman. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Some are like, yeah, I don't care. I travel all the time. Others are like, eh, I'm a little comfortable <laughs> traveling by my, uh, you know, by myself. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's right. the reality. So um, let's tailor it to you. But yes, you should. You always have options. 
And I think sometimes people get bogged down with thinking, well, this is all I can see, so I'm stuck. And I'm like, you're never, ever stuck. Mm-hmm. Not with real estate, not with money, not with math. We're never stuck. Did you always know you was going to be in real estate? Hmm. Man, ever since I had the ability to buy a house, I've purchased houses. Gotcha. So, um, real estate, no. Rich Dad, Poor Dad opened my eyes. Yes. Good book. Isn't Great he book. amazing? Mm-hmm. Um, it opened my eyes. And after that, yes. Did I know it was going to look like this? No. But what I have found that me sort of following that inner calling to go and look at neighborhoods they told me to overlook that were like mine mm-hmm. makes me realize that I was supposed to be born in a low-income working-class minority. Mm. Like, because it's just perfect synergy that all these things people were overlooking, it was these neighborhoods, I, it was one I could actually afford. Mm-hmm. I was comfortable in it when they weren't. And then I'm a good teacher. So I was able to go, well, y'all, don't listen to them. This is what you do. I'll tell you step by step. And I have a Facebook group with 9,600, like, mostly black investors, and they are killing it. And we're and I want to put this out there. We're buying in our own neighborhoods. Now, not about 80% are black investors. Uh, about 10% are, like, Hispanic, and the rest are Asian and, and white. Those are the people in my group and community. Oh. But it's a lovely thing when you see us buying in our own neighborhoods because we have conversations about... I don't just raise the rents just because I can and it gentrifies because I have a long-term tenant. She keeps the house up or he keeps the house up, does repairs. I don't want to kick him out on the street and I'm not here to gentrify. Mm -hmm. And any other group, if you say that, they're like, no, I'm trying to get as much money as I can. I've actually kicked people out because of that mindset because I'm not just trying to make money. I'm trying to make impact. I'm trying to have that look like us buying our neighborhood. I love money. Don't get me wrong. But like when it turns to, I don't care about, I'm like, about the people or about the house and it's just about me i'm like we don't need that we've had enough of that in our neighborhood we had enough mm-hmm. pillaging and nothing giving back we have enough taking and the vulture and the you know you know culture vultures yeah. the one trying to give back and my philosophy is business should be win-win when for me you pay on time every month you keep my house up you tell me when things are going on mm-hmm. eyewitness news five for me so i know what's going on in the neighborhood you know what i mean and i make sure my stuff is fixed I make sure you like the house. I don't mess around on fixing things up, right? Mm-hmm. If it needs to be fixed, it gets fixed. It's mutually beneficial. I'm not going to kick you out like that. And so this is a conversation in every other group. They really don't have the way that we do. And right. that's why I want this impact to spread because, like, we can be the change we want to see. And I'm telling you, I see it at my level because I talk to so many different people. And so many people I've helped are, like, buying their fifth, sixth, seventh house now about four or five years in. And it's like we are owning in our neighborhoods and we talk about things they did not want to talk about that affects us as a community. We're talking about let's make this win-win. We're talking about let's make this a mutual arrangement and not I hate people because there's a lot of real estate investors. I don't want real property. I don't want to deal with people. Yep. This is my group. It's like, no, but they're fine. <laughs> yeah. People are fine. Yeah. I know how to. I have emotional intelligence. Let's talk about building that so Come that on. we make good decisions and, and um, pick the right tenant. Like in, in in empower our tenants, you know, and all the creative and innovation that comes out of my group because we're us yeah. and you know, melanin heavy, you gonna get innovation. We're gonna get things you've never seen before. My whole book is a testimony to things you've never seen before, no one was talking about. I mean, it's just in us. We just have to act on it. And I'm like, this is the kind of stuff I wanna see on my timeline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, no <laughs> like, doubt. No like, doubt. This is our feature. And so yeah, and I wanted to say this because like it does matter. 
we have to talk about these things about why I got there, but like we're doing something good embracing this instead of running away from it. Absolutely. Like embrace what we're doing. Well, you know, big time social media or big time media is not going to push what you guys are doing or what we are doing in the community. Not at all. HGTV <laughs> don't want me. <laughs> these big conferences aren't trying to listen. Uh-huh. Um, they're not. I'm not mainstream. You know, I'm not getting any brand ambassadorships. Uh, and I say that very loud and very proud because you want to know what I am. I am fulfilled. I am sustained. You know what I mean? Um, I am completely provided, um, not just in the spiritual realm, but like my audience. Come on. You know what I mean? They they invest in my products. They invest in my training. They invest in my coaching because they know I'm good and I stand by my word. Yeah. So we don't need to do that. We're building our own thing outside of their system. And some ways I like that because we're calling the shots and we're creating the narrative and we're not beholden to anything. I don't have to act a certain way. And I'm going to tell you eventually big mainstream is going to come knocking on our door right but i want to i want us firm our foundations firm before they try to infiltrate does that make sense oh absolutely absolutely and with all oh yeah absolutely with all the success your mom you're you're a family woman you have a family yeah (laughs) that's taking out of me i'm gonna tell you can i oh I'm so efficient. I'm organized. I am practical. Motherhood. Come on. Okay? Come on. Come on. Motherhood has been the first time in 38 years. Come on. Okay. Come on. I, I'm. It just goes out the window. It goes. <laughs> I'm trying my best. I can't get the stuff on time. I'm like, how do you get to church at 10 with the kids? <laughs> I just went to bed. Like, I don't know, like, it's, it's, I'm telling you, I love my baby, she's amazing, she's bright, she's a sparkler, love her, good mix of me and her dad, personality-wise, I'm bringing her up in a very calm, stress-free environment, that's what I worked hard for, Gotcha. boy, it's just so funny, you can be the best, most organized, efficient robot in the world, but when that baby comes, you get what you get, Mm -hmm. so if I'm on a podcast and she interrupts, like, you know, the guy on BBC who was talking and his little daughter came in and the other daughter, the other kid came in in his little bumper stroller. You yeah. know, like, yeah. like that's going to happen. Okay. Like, <laughs> well, that three-year-old's not going to have me talking to you. Coming <laughs> over here and getting in front of the podcast on the screen if she's here. Uh, getting out, just getting to anything on time. I'm like, I might do it here today. It might not get done. It's like a 30 to 40 minute process, you know? So it's just very funny because I will openly admit, like, and, and it's good too because that can be a little like you know when you're real practical, real organized and efficient, you're like just take yourself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And so she just has me come right back down to earth. Like you ain't that special. <laughs> Less organized people are doing way better than you in this mom category. So chill, get a little humble. So she humbles me. It's amazing, but it's just so funny. It's just like, wow, just off the game. So in all other aspects, Lisa gets a nine, eight, maybe seven sometimes of interpersonal communication. But when it comes to that baby, I'm like, whew, let me hold on to that six <laughs> real hard. <laughs> and these other moms are just swimming. I'm like, good for you, girl. Good for you. And dad, because it's not always easy. Yes, ma'am. And, and one thing before we go, Lisa, I, I want to definitely... <laughs> You know, give you your props to say being a mom, having a yeah. family, an entrepreneur, and like you said, being efficient and practical. 
and still admitting that you know I could be a six, seven, eight. Again, what I I look at, you know, your success, and I'm hearing your story now. It's just like a lot of us that are successful, we mm-hmm. tend to don't want to hold ourselves accountable. It's nothing ever wrong with us. We got everything, and that's um, another opportunity <laughs> yeah, that we have no. as we climb the ladder of success. So great job yeah, to you. Yeah, honestly, it just makes people like and trust you more. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, you know. I've I've had years to get comfortable. What I'd like to people to start getting comfortable admitting the faults. Right. And then some people might take advantage of that. To me, I like that. That's just shaking loose what needs to be, you know, maybe thrown away. You know what I mean? Right. 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 Well, Lisa, again, thank you, thank you, thank you for rocking with us here on the Flagrant Two. If you can just let the world know one more time. How they can find you, find your books, and if they have any questions, how they can reach out. You got yes. the floor. Yes. All right. So um, you can uh, go to my website, affordablerealestateinvestments.com. If you don't know how to spell it, just put affordable real estate. Lisa Phillips, I'll pop right up. You can go to my website to find out about me. If you have questions and want to go over like what your resources are, where you live, how you can build up a plan to start investing and what that timeline and what it will look like and building a plan for that, you can do a strategy session. You can just click on that on my site, fill out the app and um, go that route. Also, if you want the book, you can go to Amazon. It's Investing in Rental Properties for Beginners. Um, I have a Spanish version available uh, just because I had to get, you know, from my Latino, another 15% of my hey. audience. <laughs> and, you know, right, right. But they told me it's more comfortable for them to read in Spanish than it is English because that's their first language and they want to share with their family members. And if you're not paying attention, the Hispanic community was an economic driver in this country last year. Mm. Okay, so pay attention. Ooh. Pay attention to minorities. <laughs> pay attention to minorities. Recognize, acknowledge, and adapt to that. Mm. Right? Um, and so uh, so you can get any version. And the Audible version, I'm uploading now. Um, going through that process, because it is a bit of a process. Submit. Oh, you got to do this. Oh, submit again. Um, but it should be up by tomorrow. And uh, my YouTube is really good if you just want to get like free information and get free training. Just go to my YouTube. Uh, just put affordable REI in YouTube and I'll pop right up. And I have about like 60, 70 videos going over um, the first parts, like the methodology, strategies, how to go about it. Uh-huh. And then the last parts are my lives, which are really based on all of my coaching over the last seven years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK, you know, just different things that come up that you aren't thinking about that me and my coaching clients had to navigate or circle around or things you need to know so you can make your decisions more strategically. And I do live Q&As at the end. So between all that, um, please, uh, I welcome you to come and learn more. I prefer people learn about my methods of investing before doing something else. Because if you start high, right, that can Mm -hmm. get you in trouble. If you start low, right, then you can make the decision. You know what? These neighborhoods aren't for me. But I've had people go, I'm not going to go to a $30,000 neighborhood. Maybe I go to a 70. I've sparked that, right? But it's mm. still a little bit more easy and palatable and adjustable for you to do for your first time than something very expensive. Mm. And you need to get your training wheels done somewhere. So you can get free training bundle on all my web pages, on, on my YouTube videos. It'll say free training bundle. It'll also say free training bundle on the website. So I would love to meet you guys and I'd love for you guys to join our group. We're amazing. They're amazing. I mean, we are all amazing. It's okay to say <laughs> but like you'll love them. No, you I love promoting my group. Like you'll love them. They're funny, they're they're laughing, they're joking, they're warm, they're supportive, they're innovative, they're smart. 
learn so much. It's amazing. So I'm proud of them, and I'd love for people to see it because I'm like, see, look at my group. They're great, huh? Mm-hmm. And I'd like to be a part of that. Iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. You only yeah. get strong as your weakest link. Come on, y'all. Y'all feel- <laughs> get it. You get it, Darren. I get it. I get it. I get it 100%. And your intent on why you do what you do, you just said yes, you in earlier in the show. I want to make sure I, I, I put that out for the world. So as one of the key notes from this episode, you like making money. However, you still know what it's like to treat people with the utmost respect. Your intent is for them to still be being able to, you know, grow, develop and still live in that home. So it's just your intent. Absolutely. It, Energy. It, yep. Absolutely. hundred yep. percent. Yes, ma'am. Because they make less than me doesn't mean they don't deserve a nice place to live. Mm. Like, how, how dare you, right? Mm. No, I get really worked up on that. Mm. You know what I mean? Come on. And, <laughs> so, and that's no. <laughs> that's been my message. That's been my message for when yeah. I first started this journey in twenty sixteen. My intent was just to give other athletes, other husbands, other fathers of color, mainly black, to say, hey, no matter what you've been through, if you treat people with the utmost respect and you really want the best for them, God will eventually, if you stay consistent to the course, he'll start putting people in your path and opportunities in front of you to where you'd be like, yo, where did this come from? So I'm just giving you a shout out for what you're doing as well. That's right. Well, world, I'm out. I know they're like, man, Murph, we was this is getting good. You know what? Lisa got things to do, and I know I got things to do as well. Y'all know how I am, like similar to her. I got to pick up the kids later. Got to make sure dinner's for the wife. So I got things to do. But I will yeah. say this, though, Lisa, before you go, yeah. and I know we spoke on this, not only are you about taking care of your business, but also you got to make sure you are eating healthy so you can continue to be that great business woman that you are. So if you want to just talk about that right quick. I do, guys. So I'm gonna I've been following, so I've been looking out and I finally found some I found some black vegans on um YouTube. You know, black black people who are vegan. <laughs> and, found some great, and I'm telling you right now, I wasn't gonna eat anyone else's vegan because I had other people's vegans before. Come on. That stuff was not good. I found them on YouTube. And so tonight, me and like I invited some friends over about four. We are going to do our first black like black vegan recipe that I got from YouTube. It's a Philly cheesesteak. It's very well seasoned. I looked at her video versus like two other people's Philly cheesesteak with vegan. She uses way more spices, way better and more strategically. So I'm excited. And I was just talking about it because it's like, this is cool. Like we have leaders that I could follow or you could follow. Mm-hmm. And like one day a week, I'd like to just do like a black vegan recipe for my friends that tastes good. But you also give your digestive system that softening break um, going plant based for the day. Uh, so I'm really excited and today we are going to try it listeners you guys hearing Lisa say this again not only is it about making money but it's also doing for others and doing for yourself don't right. forget about yourself either that's important that's right. anyway thank, y'all thank I'm, you so much <laughs> no problem. Me on. it's been fun this no is problem. great appreciate you taking time out your schedule I know um, you know like I said I, I appreciate you making the arrangements uh, for 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 me to you know spend this quality time with you and, and to bless my audience and and again I want to say for the first time listeners thank you for tuning in and for the avid listeners what up you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Isti Murph 
You can email me. You can DM me if you have any questions. Also, reach out to Lisa about the book. Let I follow up on how was that food, and maybe she can give you the YouTube <laughs> of the Black Vegans and their information. You can find. Yes, the <laughs> I have a. Uh, I made a playlist of all the foods I like. Like next week, we're gonna do Jamaican beef patties, oh. the vegan version, right? Oh. So uh, if you look at Black Vegan Recipes mm-hmm. playlist, I made a playlist, and it's like thirty different recipes, and it's stuff that I would eat, you know, that I thought was cool. But I got good taste. Y'all like it. Y'all yeah, like it. Is. it. Hey y'all, Lisa hasn't served y'all wrong yet. Obviously, she's rocking with me. You know she good people. So check it out again. Black v- vegan recipes. Look, check it out. I might even you know present it to wifey. You know what I mean? Just so we can try something. You know, a little you know show my wife I'm looking to change my eating habits for the better. But anyway, <laughs> you can find the show on most platforms. And if there isn't a platform that you do not find a flagrant two on, feel free to reach out to me and let me know. So to Miss Lisa point, we can f- continue to gain that exposure and just put the content around a personal group of people who really enjoy it. But y'all, I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. And y'all already know how I close the show. Don't lose yourself with life problems. Stay strong and fight the good fight. Amen. It's a lot going on, day in and day out. Man, it's a grind. Don't lose the vision. Fight the good fight. Uh, be murky, you did it again. Setting trees like you winning the win. Fighting the good fight, sick of the sins. Connecting dots now with all the pins. We just trying to be good men. Adore my wife and I love my kids. I never let them down, never let them frown. Never let a clown take a crown. Hit me because of brown, that's okay. I got the blood of a king. Saw it in the dream, ain't all with the scene. Try to turn us to fiends. We drown in the streams while we chasing that dream. It's all about the dollar bill, y'all. And stop chasing that thrill, y'all. These beliefs trying to kill y'all. I'm just here trying to heal y'all. So listen as we work, dropping them gems now, rocking with D Murph. Tuning in as we get it in, so milling in, being better men, we so adamant about the culture, sick that is vultures. We in the game now, watch how we coach ya. Keep your guns in the holster. Love is life, and that's how we approach ya.